Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202. Here's today's big idea for Friday, August 4th. Robert Mueller impaneling a grand jury makes it more politically difficult for Trump to fire him. Last night's news that Robert Mueller has begun using a grand jury in federal court in Washington as part of his investigation into possible coordination between the Kremlin and the Trump campaign further boxes in the president and makes it much more politically difficult to justify firing the special counsel. We've seen some Senate Republicans turn more and more on the president. I've been talking about that. But yesterday, Tom Tillis, one of the most reliable Republican votes in the Senate from North Carolina, came out and introduced a bill to block Trump from being able to fire Mueller without cause. It's very interesting, and it suggests that he's starting to think about what will surely be a tough reelection campaign for him in 2020. Lindsey Graham, Republican senator from North Carolina, joined Cory Booker, the Democrat from New Jersey, in introducing a separate proposal of their own yesterday to protect Mueller. The lawmakers are not expecting that the president will like or support either proposal, but they say they are convinced that there's enough support to pass such a law, even over Trump's objections and possibly a veto. How little do Senate Republicans trust Trump? Before they left for recess yesterday afternoon, the chamber agreed by unanimous consent to block the president from being able to make any recess appointments while they're out of town. This was done explicitly so that Trump will not be able to fire Jeff Sessions as attorney general and then appoint someone without Senate confirmation who would be willing to fire Mueller to kill the investigation. Sessions recused himself from the Russia probe after he wasn't forthcoming during his confirmation hearing about contacts he had during the campaign with the Russian ambassador. That means the decision over whether to fire Mueller would fall to the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, who says he will not do so without cause. But if Trump replaced Sessions with a new AG who was not conflicted out over Russia, that person could axe Mueller. To head off that scenario, GOP leaders scheduled nine pro forma sessions over the next month. In other words, the Senate will gavel in for roughly a minute or so every three days between now and when lawmakers return. Republicans used this exact same tactic last year to prevent Barack Obama from trying to put Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court using a recess appointment. Now they have a Republican president and they're doing the same thing. And that's the big idea for today. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. One, the governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, announced during a Trump rally in his home state last night that he is switching his party affiliation from Democratic to Republican. Justice has been a Democrat since 2015, and he's one of the last remaining Democrats elected to statewide positions in what used to be a very Democratic state and has become very Republican. With Justice's party switch, the current number of Republican governors stands at a record high. Number two, the Secret Service has vacated its command post inside Trump Tower in New York after a lease dispute between the federal government and the Trump Organization, which the president still controls. Two people familiar with the discussions said that the sticking point included the price and other conditions for the lease. Number three, a Washington Post investigation has found that since 2006, the nation's largest police departments have fired over 1,800 officers for misconduct that betrayed the public's trust. That includes everything from cheating on overtime to unjustified shooting. But here is what's interesting. Departments have been forced to reinstate more than 450 of those officers 
after appeals that were required by union contracts. Most of the officers regained their jobs when police chiefs were overruled by arbitrators. In many cases, the underlying misconduct was undisputed. The story has lots of examples, including a San Antonio police officer who was caught on a dash cam challenging a handcuffed man to fight him for the chance to be released. He was reinstated in February. In the district, an officer convicted of sexually abusing a young woman in his patrol car was ordered returned to the force in 2015. And in Boston, an officer was returned to work in 2012 despite being accused of lying, drunkenness, and even driving a suspected gunman from the scene of a nightclub killing. The Post's findings illustrate the obstacles local forces face in holding their own accountable at a critical moment for policing. And that's the Daily 202 for Friday, August 4th. One final thing. I'll be on vacation all of next week. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm leaving you in good hands. Congressional reporter Kelsey Snell and Allison Michaels, who hosts our podcast, Can He Do That?, will be here next week giving you all the headlines you need to know to start your day. And if you want to read the full big idea, we'll still be publishing the 202 online. You can read the whole thing at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much and have a great weekend.